TED Audio Collective. So, Madupe, I have a question for you. Yep. As someone who's always admired you and thought of you as a total superstar, I'm just wondering. <gasps> I'm blushing. <laughs> you just can't see it. I'm wondering if you've ever felt sort of average. Yeah, hello. I feel average like every darn day. So it's funny because when you say that, the first thing that comes to me was like, I was an average English student at our school. Like, I loved math and science and I could write okay, but I wasn't Elizabeth Marlantis, you know, who was like one of my best friends who could like write beautifully and amazingly and whatever. So that was back then. Um And, yeah, like, all the time. I mean, as an academic, you're in these talks, and people are talking about their, like, highfalutin theory and whatever. And I'm like, do I even understand what they're talking about? (laughs) You know? So, like, that makes you feel like— understand what they're talking about? (laughs) This is true. So then you just feel average. There is not a moment in a day where I don't at some point feel average. And I think that's healthy. It's funny that you bring up business school because I also remember sort of taking advantage of— being somewhat average, or my goal sometimes at business school was to stay in this hidden middle zone where I spoke enough that I wouldn't be, you know, called out and called on because I needed to participate. And I wasn't like putting myself out there too much that the professor was sort of counting on me or would come back to me. And I kind of sometimes liked that comfortable middle zone. Yes. Aim for the two. We don't need the one. We can be two. That brings up a perfect connection to the talk we're about to listen to by Danielle Moss. And her talk is about um, the forgotten middle. So the middle is the people who aren't struggling to the point of getting your attention. And they're not the superstars. And so they're doing okay. And you think, great, like, I don't have to worry about them. Yep. And a lot of what she says in this talk is there's so much potential there if we pay more attention to the middle and bring them up. Cool. So let's I like that. Let's listen. Oh, do you want to say your thing first? I'm Madupa Akinola. And I'm Corey Hajem. And this is Ted Business. Here we go. Danielle Moss. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. 
Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. So I want to talk to you about the forgotten middle. To me, they're the students, co-workers, and plain old regular folks who are often overlooked because they're seen as neither exceptional nor problematic. They're the kids we think we can ignore because their needs for support don't seem particularly urgent. They're the co-workers who actually keep the engines of our organizations running, but who aren't seen as the innovators who drive excellence. In many ways, we overlook the folks in the middle because they don't keep us up awake at night wondering what crazy thing they're going to come up with next. (laughs) And the truth is that we've come to rely on their complacency and sense of disconnection because it makes our work easier. You see, I know a little bit about the forgotten middle. As a junior high school student, I hung out in the middle. For a long time, I had been a good student, but seventh grade was a game changer. I spent my days gossiping, passing notes, generally goofing off with my friends, I spent my homework time on the phone reviewing each day's events. And in many ways, although I was a typical 12-year-old girl, my ambivalence about my education led to pretty average grades. Luckily for me, my mother understood something important, and that was that my location was not my destination. As a former research librarian and an educator, my mother knew that I was capable of accomplishing a lot more. But she also understood that because I was a young black woman in America, I might not have opportunities out of the middle if she wasn't intentional about creating them. So, she moved me to a different school. She signed me up for leadership activities in my neighborhood. And she began to talk to me more seriously about college and career options I could aspire to. My mother's formula for getting me out of the middle was pretty simple. She started with high expectations. She made it her business to figure out had to set me up for success. She held me accountable. And along the way, she convinced me that I had the power to create my own story. That formula didn't just help me get out of my seventh grade slump. I used it later on in New York City when I was working with kids who had a lot of potential, but not a lot of opportunities to go to and complete college. You see, high-performing students tend to have access to additional resources 
like summer enrichment activities, internships, and an expansive curriculum that takes them out of the classroom and into the world in ways that look great on college applications. But we're not providing those kinds of opportunities for everyone. And the result isn't just that some kids miss out. I think we as a society miss out, too. You see, I've got a crazy theory about the folks in the middle. I think there are some unclaimed winning lottery tickets in the middle. I think the cure for cancer and the path to world peace might very well reside there. Now, as a former middle school teacher, I'm not saying that magically everyone is suddenly going to become an A student. But I also believe that most folks in the middle are capable of a lot more. And I think people stay in the middle because that's where we've relegated them to. And sometimes that's just where they're kind of chilling while they figure things out. All of our journeys are made up of a series of rest stops, accelerations, losses, and wins. We have a responsibility to make sure that one's racial, gender, cultural, and socioeconomic identity is never the reason you didn't have access out of the middle. So, just as my mother did with me, I began with high expectations with my young people. And I started with a question. I stopped asking kids, hey, do you want to go to college? I started asking them, what college would you like to attend? You see, the first question... <laughs> the first question leaves a lot of vague possibilities open, but the second question says something about what I thought my young people were capable of. On a basic level, it assumes that they're going to graduate from high school successfully. It also assumed that they would have the kinds of academic records that could get them college and university admissions. And I'm proud to say that the high expectations worked. While Black and Latinx students nationally tend to graduate from college in six years or less at a percent of 38, we were recognized by the College Board for our ability not to just get kids into college, but to get them through college. But I also understand that high expectations are great, but it takes a little bit more than that. You wouldn't ask a pastry chef to bake a cake without an oven, and we should not be asking the folks in the middle to make the leap without providing them with the tools, strategies, and support they deserve to make progress in their lives. A young woman I had been mentoring for a long time, Nicole, came to my office one day after her guidance counselor looked at her pretty strong transcript and expressed utter shock and amazement that she was even interested in going to college. What the guidance counselor didn't know was that through her community, Nicole had had access to college prep work, SAT prep, and international travel programs. Not only was college in her future, 
but I'm proud to say that Nicole went on to earn two master's degrees after graduating from Purdue University. We also made it our business to hold our young people accountable, but also to instill a sense of accountability in those young people to themselves, to each other, to their families, and to their communities. We doubled down on asset-based youth development. We went on leadership retreats and did high ropes courses and low ropes courses and tackled life's biggest questions together. The result was that the kids really bought into the notion that they were accountable for achieving these college degrees. It was so gratifying to see the kids calling each other and texting each other to say, hey, why are you late for SAT prep? And what are you packing for the college tour tomorrow? We really worked to kind of make college the thing to do. We began to create programs on college campuses and events that allowed young people to really visualize themselves as college students and college graduates. Me and my staff rocked our own college gear and had lots of fun, healthy competition about whose school was better than whose. The kids really bought into it, and they began to see that something more was possible for their lives. Not only that, they could look around at that college-going community and see kids who came from the same backgrounds and the same neighborhoods and who were aspiring to the same things. That sense of belonging was really key. And it showed up in a, in a remarkable, beautiful way one day when we were in the Johannesburg airport waiting to go through customs on our way to Botswana for a service learning trip. I saw a group of kids kind of huddled in a circle. Usually with teens, that means something's going on. <laughs> so I kind of walked up behind the kids to figure out what they were talking about. They were comparing passport stamps. And they were dreaming out loud about all the other countries they planned to visit in the future. And seeing these young people from New York City go on to not just become college students, but to participate in study abroad programs and to then take jobs around the world was incredibly gratifying. When I think of my kids and all the doctors, lawyers, teachers, social workers, journalists and artists who came from our little nook in New York City, I hate to think of what would have happened if we hadn't invested in the middle. Just think about all that their communities and the world would have missed out on. This formula for the middle doesn't just work with young people. It can transform our organizations as well. We can be more bold in coming up and articulating a mission that inspires everyone. We can authentically invite our colleagues to the table to come up with a strategy to meet the mission. We can give meaningful feedback to folks along the way. And, and sometimes most importantly, make sure that you're sharing credit 
for everyone's contributions. What happened when my staff aimed high for themselves is that what they were able to do for young people was pretty transformational. And it's been so wonderful to look back and see all of my former colleagues who've gone on to get doctorates and assume leadership roles in other organizations. We have what it takes to inspire and uplift the folks in the middle. We can extend love to the people in the middle. We can challenge our own biases about who deserves a hand up and how. We can structure our organizations communities and institutions in ways that are inclusive and that uphold principles of equity. Because in the final analysis, what is often mistaken for a period is really just a comma. Thank you. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Support for TED Business comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash tedbusiness. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash tedbusiness. Odoo, modern management made simple. Okay. Mm. I love Ted Women. Ted Women is so great. Yes. So inspirational. And it has a very good vibe to it. Um, I mean, I think there's some really interesting things that Danielle brings up. One of them that came to mind when she was talking about herself and the students that she's working with, that it's really not okay to get stuck in the middle, that that place will mean more of a setback to certain people in the world than others. And um, how her mother said that, you know, as a black woman in America, like the middle wasn't going to cut it. Right. And it does just make me think about, you know, how certain groups of people like being in the middle is sort of okay. Like it's okay to be in the middle at Harvard Business School, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's not okay to be in the middle in a struggling public school in, you know, a low-income neighborhood. Right. The implications of being in the middle in low-status environments are so much more stark Mm -hmm. than the implications of being in the middle in a Mm high-status environment. 
And it reminded me so much of how there, there are a lot of friends that I have who said, thank God for this teacher that I had in X grade that saw potential mm-hmm. in me or whatever, because it's almost like that person took them out of the middle by seeing their potential, just in the way mm-hmm. that Danielle's mom did. So it really highlights to me the value of teachers, counselors, all of those in, in in our educational systems in terms of their responsibility and the power they have to take people out of the middle. But then I also was wondering about, okay, so what does this mean in organizations? How do you think about that mm-hmm. as a leader is the question. What is the middle bucket equivalent in business and what actions can you take in business to make sure to pull people out of the middle bucket, especially Mm -hmm. in light of what we just talked about, especially in light of the potential for some of those people in the middle bucket to maybe be people of color, maybe be women. And so this is one of my challenges with so many organizations is that we think that there's like one type that's good in this and one type that's good in that. And that's only because the people who are of that type know how to groom the people who match them. Mm -hmm. And so a piece of this talk is saying, well, can we learn how to groom the middle? And the middle might not be aligned with how we're typically used to training people, how we're typically used to investing in people, but we can't afford to miss out on the middle. And you might end up with something different and creative and innovative. You might be surprised by the solutions and paths that the middle people provide. And I think that's what she's saying in the beginning about, you know, the cure for cancer and the path to world peace. It's just the superstars kind of, as you're saying, see a well-worn path, and they know how to follow it. So here's the thing that made me think of. We often want to create replicas of ourselves. Mm. As as in a senior person wants to see somebody go through their path Mm -hmm. and, like, be the role model and use yourself as an example. A piece of what she's saying is there might be another place in the organization for that middle. Mm that we're not even um, as open to because we're just seeing them going through our path. So the question for me is more like, what is your dream job at this organization? Mm. Because sometimes we're like, how far do you want to go in this group? Or how well do you want to do here? No. What is a job that you see in this organization that you are in awe of, that for some reason you're attracted to, that that, that is a, an eye sparkler for you. So as a leader, it's teaching people to know what the different roles are in a company. And it's interesting. I think that relates back to what she said about it's a comma, not a period. If you come in and say, hey, you know, and here's a couple ways you can do it. Let me, you know, support you or help you in that journey. That's going to make such a huge difference to that person. And then they just rock it yep. out of the middle. But now I'm pushing back for a second. Oh, okay. You're going to push back on your but, own point. Yes, I am. That like, I or on our collective points. Um, but can't the middle be okay also? Yes. You know, so like— <laughs> Do we all always need to be at the top? Like, come on. The middle is okay. Like, that's okay in some cases. So, like, when is the middle okay? Hmm. Well, I mean, if we all try to be the top, it becomes this, you know, competition that may kill us all. Right. Well, maybe now now it's 
let's make sure that people are aware of what the top looks like mm-hmm. or could look like and then make the choice to stay in the middle. Right. Like, um, if you're in the middle, but you feel like you're the person you want to be and that you're having the life you want to have and you feel like self-actualization is happening, then you should stay right there because all those people at the tippy top are all miserable and not self-actualized and whatever. So in some ways, it's a relative, um, relative to who you want to be and ignoring what everyone else in the world tells us we should be. And making sure that the potential that we have or other people have is being realized in a way that's satisfying. As you said, it's not about being better than the other person or comparing yourself to the other person. It's about what what can I be and what's getting in my way to live up to the potential and the thing that I have to contribute. Yeah, absolutely. I um, love you, middle. I'm proud, middle. That's it for today. This is Ted Business. I'm Madupa Akinola. I'm Corey Hajum. And uh, our producer is Kim Naderveen-Peterza. I was saying it right. Naderveen-Peterza. Na- no, it's Naderfane. Naderfane. It's Dutch-like Nader- V. Wait. Naderfane-Peterza. Naderfane? Dan DeZula is our mixer. And special thanks to Colin Helms, Michelle Quint, Angela Chang, and Anna Phelan. Talk to you next week. <laughs>